Welcome, everybody. This is BC, another episode of Supreme Being. I'm here today after a short trip over to Montana and then over to Newcastle, Delaware. Uh, we did two more lunch and learns here before the end of the year to uh, educate people, right? Give some value and also help grow Team BC. We have a few new Team BC members here. So welcome. I think we are officially now in Pennsylvania and we added a few more in Delaware and one in Jersey. So I'm excited. My team is expanding very, very quickly. So uh, if you guys are listening to this podcast for the first time, we do this podcast every Monday and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I did it differently this time because I was traveling. But uh, if you guys are... Um, you know, looking for anything in regards to real estate and you want to buy, sell, or invest, you can reach out to me personally or reach out to my team at teambcsold.com. If you guys are looking for more attention from me, help, coaching, mentorship, access to me, you can join Modern Success. I have a huge family and community of over 300 members. It's been going on for a couple of years. We do live events, private coaching calls, and all that stuff. That's at briancasella.com, or you can go to the link in my bio. If you guys are in the real estate world and you're looking to uh, maybe make a move and you want to partner with me over at eXp Realty, then you can go to partnerwithteambc.com and you can go there. And if you like that video and you like what you see, you can schedule a call with us and we'll chat. So let's begin. You know, um, I'm somebody over the years that really has been a, a strickler as, as far as teaching for people and for myself. You know, when, when I look back on my basketball career and even all the success I've had in real estate online and those kind of things, um, I can really attribute it to, I've been somebody who's paid attention to every single step in the process. And I've really paid attention to the little details. And I'm always looking at every little thing that I'm supposed to do, you know, and I think a lot of people want to focus the, the questions that I always get. And the focus seems to be for a lot of people, what's that one thing you would recommend for success? What's that one thing I need to do to do better at real estate? What's that one thing I need to do better to get my mind right, right? Everyone's looking for like that one thing or that underlying one factor that you have to pay attention to, you know? And I see because that makes your mind believe that doing these things and achieving any sort of progress or success in anything that you're focused on will be easier because you want to boil it down to just one thing. But in reality, it's many one things. Okay. And I want to describe that today in a story that I tell everybody because the story is going to be relevant. Um, I'm going to give you a real estate example, but I'm going to also explain all the pieces to it in case you're listening to this and you're not in real estate. That way I can make sure that you uh, follow along. But at the same time, you know, as you listen to the story, you're going to see so many details and so many uh, foundational pillars that I describe in the story that are so uh, pivotal. And it's the reason that I was able to have the success and stack that forward because, you know, if one piece of the puzzle was missing or I didn't really perform or follow the instructions that were laid out for me, I wouldn't have been able to get that result because that result, when you really think about it, the progress that you're making in these different things, it's an accumulation of many things that you've done. It's never just one thing. You know, that one meeting that you uh, killed, right? Let's say you did really good at it and you got the customer or they signed the contract or whatever it was. There was a lot of things leading up to that meeting prior to that. Then the actual meeting itself, your performance, well, it was things that you did before that that allowed you to perform at that level. So no matter what we're looking at or how we're looking at it, we can break it down in the same way where it's going to be multiple pieces, right, that, that add up to this desired result. So it's, it's early on in my uh, real estate career, right? 
and as I explain this, I'm going to break it down in a very uh, sincere and simple fashion so anybody can understand. You know, one of the things in the real estate business that I learned early on was the, the power of being able to focus and the importance of focusing, you know, not only just short term, but also long term, because we're, we're in whatever we're doing, we're in a business, we're there to, you know, build it long term, we're not there to work for three months or six months or a year, we want to build something and, and make a career out of this, right? So when you understand that concept, you now have to break down your daily activities and what you do with that in mind. So the work that I'm doing today, how can I capitalize and maximize that work that I'm doing so that three months from now, six months from now, a year from now, two years from now, five years from now, right? The work that I did today reaps me benefit then, okay? So one of the things that we really focus on, and you do this in any business, is um, you know, you build your, your database your, and you have to have a CRM. So you collect people's information and that's who you market to consistently to build your brand and build top of mind awareness, right? We call it our database, right? Our sphere of influence, whatever you want to call it. And we're supposed to be building that and working it on a continuous basis because a lot of top people in many industries, that's who they sell to, especially when it comes to uh, direct sales, right? So, you know, uh, this is early on in my career. I had just gotten a listing, Right. And one of the things that we do, especially with my team and something that I did that really I gained notoriety for was doing a lot of door to door and doing a lot of cold calling, right? Active marketing, right? Promoting myself, using myself to generate more business, putting in my time. I didn't have money, but I had time. So, you know, I'm going door to door around this listing. I'm probably five or six blocks away uh, from this particular uh, listing that I had. So I'm, I'm knocking away, boom, boom, boom. I come across this, this lady, right? It's her and her husband talking to uh, the wife for a little bit and we have a good conversation. So, you know, me thinking obviously, okay, I need to build my business long-term. Um, I need to make sure I capture their information. So the husband comes out, we talk a little bit more, whatever, we swap information, right? I'll make the long story short, we swap information. So that day I probably got three or four uh, people's information. And another point that I wanna add to it is, we're always told, right? One of those little things that we can add on and sprinkle on top of our efforts is go the extra mile, right? Everybody's going to do the average amount of work or what they're told. What separates the people who are doing really well from everybody else is the people who give a little extra effort. So that particular couple that I talked to, um, that was probably, I went on a session to knock on 50 doors. That door was probably number 55 or 60, meaning I did extra. I went out of my way to do more and that opportunity of me capturing their information came from that extra effort, okay? So, boom, that's a day, one of many. Fast forward now, a couple months down the road, I think it's probably about two or two and a half months later, maybe even three, right? Somewhere in that range, um, I get another listing, okay? That from that person's contact information that I got, among many others, that's probably halfway across town from them, right? So maybe a mile and a half, two miles from their house, maybe, right? Roughly, maybe a little bit less. I don't know, somewhere in that range, okay? So um, I'm door knocking in, in that other neighborhood. I knock on somebody's door. It's just one of those one in a millions, right? And we know that if you put yourself out there enough, you come across these slam dunk opportunities. I knock on their door. They tell me, hey, we need to do something. We were just talking. I talked to them. I set up the meeting for two days later. And uh, you know, we go and we meet and I get the listing. However, for me to get that and earn those people's business, and I want to cover this for a few minutes because this is vitally important. That meeting to this day, I would say is probably uh, one of the toughest meetings that I've ever had because 
you know, uh, for those of you who aren't aware with real estate, right? When we meet with a seller and we meet with a client, you know, we usually talk, we set up a meeting with them, we qualify the meeting, and then we go and we have a discussion with the end goal to obviously sign the agreement there that night, get a very uh, fair commission, right? Because we're going to be obviously cooperating with other brokers. So we want a full and fair commission. And we obviously want to price the home properly so it moves. Okay. Uh, a lot of people still don't get that, right? We cannot overprice homes. And if you overprice a home, it makes it harder to sell. So whatever, I go into the meeting, the presentation's only 15 minutes, but then we go through like a 30 or 40 minute grueling session of them just hammering me on giving me the sales objections. We don't want to sign. We want to wait and clean it up before we sign. We don't want to pay the full commission. Oh, we have a family member that'll do it for free. We don't, we want more money. Uh, we don't know your company, how long you've been in the business. We don't want to sign, you know, a six month contract. So for all of the people who are in the industry, you know, those little printouts we get of every like objection a seller can say, it was almost as if my trainer went to them and said, Hey, make sure you give him every single objection before you sign. Right. Um, I remember walking out of that meeting too, saying, dude, I had my two team members at the time with me that came with me to that meeting. I said, this is why you know, we got this listing and this is why we're, you know, moving at the rate that we're moving. Cause at that moment I was still pretty new in the business. I was, I think somewhere between my first and second year. Right. So I told them, I was like all those times of doing the extra effort, all that stuff that I tell you guys, when I follow my grueling schedule of reading, practicing and role-playing and dedicating myself to this craft, it prepared me for a moment like this. You know, because who I was at that meeting and how I was able to step up and handle all of their objections and get through it and get them to sign and be confident. I earned that. All those other little things I did that I've been preaching for a long time that I had told them that they had witnessed for a long time. I said, this is why we earned this moment. Because we could have easily walked out of here if we were somebody else with nothing. Okay. So long story short, right? I get the listing. Now, remember how earlier in this podcast, I talked about, you know, building up your customer relationship management system, your database, your sphere of influence, right? I end up taking one or two pictures of that property. And before uh, we actually put it up for sale officially for the open market, I send it out to my sphere of influence and my database, right? I send them an email. Hey, um, we have this new property coming up. This is the price. It's going to be uh, cleaned and ready in about two weeks. If you know anybody who might be interested, let me know, right? So I send that out. Literally within, I think, a couple hours, I get an email back and a phone call, right? From that couple, that lady um, that I had drawn out a few months before. Remember the one that I did the little extra effort? I had a good conversation with them. They had no interest in moving, but I got their information. So they, they called me, all right? I was prospecting, so I went to voicemail. I didn't see it, but they also emailed me. And they're like, hey... You know, we just saw that email. We wanted to call you because, hey, our uncle actually lives right next door to that property. And we want, you know, our sister, she's looking to move. She would really love that house. She wants it. We already talked to her. Give her a call. Here's her number. So I was like, oh, man, cool. Right. So I call them. Boom, boom, boom. And we have a good conversation. I end up, um, you know, setting up everything with them. I end up setting up a meeting because they actually had to sell their home first and then roll over all the equity from that home into this new home. So now I'm setting up like a, a three-piece deal. I'm representing the seller for, for this couple that's going to buy the other home that I originally listed. Then I'm going to represent the seller 
and the buyer um, of that original one that I got door knocking, right? So now I have three potential deals with this couple that's going to buy the original one. I set up a, a meeting to sell, to sell their home. I first also set up that meeting for them to take a look at the home to confirm. And they go, they see it, they love it. And they're like, okay, we want it. So on the spot, I write up the offer and obviously it's going to be contingent. So I'm writing up an offer. And for anyone listening, when it's contingent, it means it's contingent upon a sale, which is a sale of their home, right? So it's basically that's written into the contract and it's separate, separate form saying for them to purchase the home, they first, have to, uh, they first have to sell that home and they have to acknowledge it, right? We have to disclose all that stuff, especially in California and pretty much everywhere. So boom, we put it together, right? Now the other meeting, of course, I had some back and forth because other people were trying to jump in and, and say, oh, why is he charging you so much commission and all that stuff? Because, you know, we always have stood by our commission. You know, I ended up getting the full commission on both. Um, but again, that, that was earned. But at the same time, you're going to run into these hurdles, especially when you start putting together all these more complex transactions. It's going to happen, right? But all that training and everything I did led me, um, led me to be prepared for this moment. So long story short, I, I list uh, the other people's house. And again, we're talking extra effort and doing everything correctly. I said, you know what? I will have this property sold within a few days. I knew it, right? The market was already in our favor, but I said, you know what? I'm going to do a killer, like a killer open house. And I'm going to sell this thing like in a day or two. So if you guys go to my YouTube for people that are listening, I, uh, I made a video on how to do like a really successful open house or how to do, host the best open house. And that video has like 100,000 views, I think, or something like that. And I described this process. So I do this, this crazy thing, right? I go door to door in the neighborhood. I knock a couple hundred doors and invite people. I blast it on Craigslist, which we still use Craigslist, uh, Craigslist at that time. I don't know if people still use it, right? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm putting it on all the, the major websites. I'm letting agents know. I'm calling people and leaving, leaving them voicemails. I'm talking to them. So basically... You fast forward to the open house a few days later, I have people lined up, lined up to get in this open house. I mean, we're 10, 15 minutes to opening the open house and we already have three or four families waiting to go see it, right? We open it, we do a two hour open house. I mean, it is super busy. My lender's there. We got a ton of traffic. Everybody signed in. We picked up like two buyers. I ended up setting another appointment for a home like around the corner that a man wanted to sell. Um, I mean, it, it was just insane. Right. But I took that. I already knew the home was going to sell, but I went the extra mile and did all that things, all those things to make sure that that open house was just crazy good. Right. So the seller of that home, which is also the buyer of that original listing, they're super happy. A couple of days later, boom, we end up selling the home. We sell it above asking. We get a great buyer, great conditions. Right. We negotiate it. It's perfect. It's sealed. Right. Because I do everything up front. I make sure to handle most of the negotiations up front, get it agreed on paper so I can raise the likelihood of the home actually successfully closing. Okay. So for the people listening who are in the public, who aren't in real estate, getting it under contract to getting it closed. Those are two separate things. A lot can happen in those, you know, 30 days of escrow. Okay. So boom, we get it done. Now I did a lot of stuff. I did a lot of effort, you know, all the pieces that were put there. I went through, you know, rigorous training and I held my standards and I made sure to execute on that level. Okay. All these pieces adding up. So if you really think about it, before I continue, we have a lot of dominoes put into place now. This family has to sell their home, right? They're buying this other one. We already have it under contract. Now there's like, you know, multiple dominoes, meaning if you knock one domino over, it knocks everything over. So when you're captaining the ship, you have to be very meticulous. 
You have to be extremely meticulous. So when I said in the beginning, we have to pay attention to all these little details and it's not just one thing. This is what I'm talking about. So many elements up until this point, we're not even done with the story yet, have already come into play. Effectively prospecting, right? Effectively building your database, right? Having the skills to get somebody's phone number, right? And doing it consistently. Having the skills to set up meetings, having the skills to handle objections, having the skills to get you know, the, the deal signed, having the negotiation skills, knowing how to run an open house, running your team, right? Being able to set things up and keep communication line open between, you know, your buyer and your seller and being neutral in a negotiation when you're representing both sides. So there's a lot of pieces here. So imagine if I was weak at one of these, where I didn't really focus on it, like I did with the others. Again, I probably could have lost this, you know, string of transactions. So we sell the home, we get it closed, boom, we end up buying the other, they end up buying the other house. And there was, you know, like a one or two day delay, not a big deal. Boom, 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 done. We wrap up the thing. In the end, I end up, I think between both, I ended up making like 55,000 or $60,000 or some shit. It was uh, insane. Okay. Now that was one of probably two or three big waves of business and explosions in income and transactions. Cause those weren't the only three uh, transactions that I closed that month, right? I think I ended up closing six or seven that month. And I'm, again, I'm brand new. I'm like a, between a year and two into the business, which is insane to do that kind of volume in one month, especially here in Southern California. Um, it was crazy. And for those listening, each piece of the puzzle, when you represent a buyer and a seller counts as one unit, one transaction. So if I'm representing the buyer and the seller, it'll count as two transactions, right? To the public who doesn't know. So I had buyer and seller on that one listing, then the original you know, seller over here who had to roll over the, the equity as the buyer on the next purchase. So we had three little transactions there. Crazy. Okay. But when I look back at it, yeah, that was great. It was amazing. I enjoyed it. I made some money. It was really cool. It gave me a lot of momentum. Then it opened doors to more referrals from that family and from them, which was, you know, overall really, really cool. But at the same time, when I look back, all those pieces to the puzzle were put in place all the things that I had been preaching for years that I had learned that I put into place. Um, it was, it was amazing. And then I noticed because you're going to be put in those moments where you're tested and all that work, you're going to be faced with a moment that's going to determine, did you earn this moment? And that's happening all the time from having that first conversation at that first door and getting their information successfully, even though they had no intention of buying or selling to then meeting that next couple and, oh, they're interested, but setting up the meeting and getting their information. Then going to that meeting and having the skill and the poise and everything to you know, get the agreement signed. Then before we even go on the open market, going to them and saying, hey, I already have somebody that'll pay you full price and getting them to agree to it and not say, well, let's put it on the market, right? Then getting the other people to trust me too, to sell their house. And I put a time constraint and said, you know what? I'll have that property sold within 14 days or you can cancel this offer. We got it under contract within four or five. All these pieces. Then the person, right? That buyer who had to sell their home, their, uh, the wife's father had a lot of issues and he kept complaining throughout the process. So I had to handle him. So that now will test your people skills and your ability to handle interrupts during your transactions. When you're leading your clients, right? And someone else is whispering in their ear and you have to deal with two people. A lot of people can't handle that, right? So, so many pieces. And when I look back, I'm like, all right, I worked on that. I worked on that. All those things I had been working on and running simulations and practice scenarios of that 
and handling it. So when I was faced with it, I'm not going to say it was easy, but I was prepared for it and I was ready to execute. And that's all it's really about. You're preparing yourself for all these tests. So you're either going backwards or you're preparing yourself for these tests and they're going to come up. But those are the tests and things, whether they're small or big, that determine ultimately where you're going to move forward and all these things. It happens again. These tests happen in our relationships, in our diet and lifestyle, in our businesses, in our everyday life. Right. I mean, at, at every level, you see it. And, and that, to me, makes it more fun when you view it that way. Can we say it's an actual test in quotes? Well, probably not. Probably not. But that's the way I look at it to make it more fun and for me to always keep in mind and hold myself accountable and say, all right, I got I to gotta, I gotta handle this. I got to be prepared. So when this moment shows up, I got to step up. I can't cower or run away. I have to seize the moment. And a lot of people forget that. You know, when everyone else is, is sitting back, I step up. You know, when everyone was sitting there nervous to raise their hand, I would raise my hand. When the volunteer was asked to step forward, I was the first one that stepped forward before they even finished their statement. That, that, that's the type of attitude and that's the type of conviction you need to have in this because that's what it's about. You know, when I look back on just this scenario in particular, it wasn't anything natural where I can say, oh, well, I just naturally was good at this. Or No, I earned every piece of that story that I just gave you through trial and error and all the other efforts. And that's really what this is about. And we have to stop, like I said in the very beginning, we have to stop, oh, what's that one thing? You know, thinking that way asking questions that way. It's never one thing. It's all these things. So when people are, are, are teaching you things, when I'm going over certain scenarios, pay attention to all the little details because that's the stuff that adds up. And most people miss it because most people don't pay attention and they think they don't have to do everything in just one thing. That's not the way it works, ladies and gentlemen. I can tell you from experience and so many different things. It's never just one thing. All right. So with that said, um, I'll wrap it up here. Appreciate everybody listening and being here. As always, if you guys need anything, my real estate team is expanding. Shout out to all the new members and everybody that we met over in Montana and uh, in Delaware again this week. Really, really cool. I'm excited for the new members that we put on the team. If you need any help buying, selling, investing in real estate, you can contact me personally or you can go to uh, teambcsold.com. Number two, if you guys are looking for more support from me, more coaching, live coaching calls, events, all that other stuff, uh, you can join Modern Success. That's my coaching group and my tribe. We are at briancasella.com where you can go sign up or you can go to the link in my bio on Instagram. This podcast obviously is on every major platform. If you're in the real estate world and you're looking to uh, work alongside me, but not necessarily for me on my team, then you can partner with me at eXp Realty. And the opportunity for that is at partnerwithteambc.com. Check that out. Watch the video. If you like what you see, then schedule a call with us. All right, that's it for this one. Monday and Wednesday. 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, back to the normal rotation coming up next week. We'll see you guys on the next episode. All right. Thanks for watching. Peace.